Father in heaven, just have your way. Amen. There was once a majestic cathedral in northern Europe that was well known for its magnificent organ. But back then, organs were not energized the way they are today. Someone had to manually pump air so the musician could play. And one day they had a guest musician, and he came by, took his bows, curtsy, and then he said, today I will play a piece for Mozart. And he sat down, put his fingers in the keys, and when he did this, there was no sound. Hmm. So he spoke a little louder, raised his shoulders. Today, I will play a piece from Mozart. And he put his hands on the keys and pressed them, but there was no sound. He was becoming frustrated. And just then he heard a song coming from the man who pumps the air. This is not an I thing, it's a we thing. I ain't pumping if you just gonna say I. And so he got up and he said, today we're gonna play a piece from Mozart. And there he was able to play. The communion service reminds me that even though salvation is an individual thing, communion, it's a we thing. We're coming together, and just so that you may know you're in the right place, we're coming together with the understanding that all of us are in need of the same thing. There is no I here. All of us stand at the foot of the cross in need of what the Savior has to offer. Passover was a time that reminded Israel of the night the destroying angel flew over. He passed over, and the firstborn of every household that had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of that house was saved, was spared. But those who refused to have the blood on their doorpost, that is in Egypt, not in Goshen where the Israelites live, every house lost the firstborn that night. And if they had no children, the firstborn cattle died. And so Jesus, it's a Thursday night, and he is getting ready to eat. If you recognize the sequence of this story in John 13, 
The Passover meal was something that was had in commemoration of this night that the angel flew over and lives were spared. I want us to appreciate what is happening here in this book of John because it's important we appreciate what the text says. And it says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto death. And verse 2 is rather interesting because it breaks a sequence of events. Verse 2 says, And the supper being ended, and supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he, was, that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper. You may have read this before, but I really want for the next few moments for us to appreciate the sequence of what we just read. And supper being ended, and he riseth from supper. Rise it from supper, laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. And supper being ended. Did you catch it? The practice of the Passover was that the washing of feet was to take place before supper, not after supper. Here, Jesus had supper first, then the washing of the feet. And the question is why? Is that what he had in mind? The answer is no. Pen of inspiration, desire of ages, and the biblical record makes it very, make it very clear. Jesus had told them, you'll go find a, a room, a place prepared for this meal. Bear in mind that of the 13 in that room, how many did I say? 13. There was no one else in the room. Only two, knew, only two of them knew that this was the last meal. It was Jesus and it was Judas. The other 11 had dreams of Jesus rising up and becoming king 
and establishing an earthly kingdom. Even Judas believed this. Ellen White says that one of the things Judas believed is that he would have been in a win-win situation. He had gotten the 30 pieces of silver. He was going to scam these men who paid him because he just knew what Peter had declared was true. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So Judas felt and believed that once he ID'd Christ with the kiss of betrayal, that Christ would miraculously deliver himself. So Judas would have walked away with free money. I delivered him, but you couldn't hold him. After supper, he rises up. And this speaks to us today on this short message, my feet need washing too. There there were 12 disciples in this upper room. The fact that the Bible says Jesus, here's what it says, that he poured water into a basin. Did you get it? He didn't have to go someplace to find a basin and to find water. The room was ready with water and the basin. And he took a towel. Because you see, the room was ready for feet washing. But, but, feet washing back then was done by servants or by slaves. And who of the 12 thought of themselves as a servant or a slave? This is rather interesting. So Jesus comes into the room. Here they are. And by the way, forget the wonderful portrayals by artists of these magnificent carved tables with the disciples reclining. Back then, how they ate was on the floor. And they sat in a circle. And the food was in the center. And remember now, the, the, the reason for feet washing before meals is because people didn't wear shoes like this. They wore sandals. Or they actually walked without shoes. And the streets were not paved streets like South Adams. These were dirt roads. And if you would allow your imagination to take you, these streets had man and beast. In other words, horses were on the streets. And horses didn't ask to use the bathroom. They simply did their thing. So if people were walking with sheep, goats, horses, donkeys were walking, what kind of feet they had? Smelly feet. What kind of feet do you have? Here they were with Jesus. Food, but nobody wanted to take on the role of a servant. My feet need washing too. Because anytime you think that you're up there 
and you're not a slave or a servant, it means your feet are dirty and they're going to stay dirty until they're washed. So the sequence was, Jesus did the unthinkable. He had a meal with people with dirty feet. We're going to have communion today. What kind of meal is Jesus going to have with you? Are your feet going to be dirty? Or are they going to be clean? Are we going to have our meal first? Or are we going to have the foot washing first? Ellen White says, this is very important. Here is Judas sitting to the left of Jesus. And John to the right. How do we begin anything? Clockwise. We start from the left and we go to the right. John didn't understand this. He wanted to be first. No, he was last. Ellen White says, Jesus washed his feet last. Guess whose feet were washed first? Judas. He sat right next to Jesus. And I try to imagine what must have been in his heart. Because the act of foot washing, you couldn't do it standing up. You had to kneel. That's why Peter was so indignant. Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. Because you are God. It hit Peter hard. That all of them were beneath him, but yet none was willing to be a servant. And so Jesus, rather than give a speech, he led by example. That was his legacy. And he began to wash their feet. I heard someone recently say that a legacy... It's not what you leave for someone, but rather what you leave in someone. Jesus, instead of giving a lecture, he just had the meal. Smelly feet, but he had the meal. And after the meal, he says, I'm going to demonstrate what love is. And he took off his robe. He didn't have a belt, a leather belt with a buckle. It was just a little cloth that he tied and he he loosed it and took it off and took a towel, put it around himself, and now the picture was very clear. He was like a servant. And then he told them, what did you get from this? If I, being your master, washed your feet, then what should you be doing with each other? Let's go back to Judas. James and John were so intent on being first in the kingdom that they even had their mama ask Jesus for a place for them. The disciples were upset because they're all saying, I need to be first. They were willing to assert themselves for a position in the kingdom 
to be next to the throne, but they were not so willing to grab a towel. I wonder if we do that sometimes. Can we say, my feet need washing too? So here is Jesus. And here is Bartholomew. Here is Thomas. Here is Nathaniel. Here is James, the son of Alphaeus. Here is Simon the Zealot. Here is John. Here is Peter. And one by one, Jesus washes the, the feet of all these disciples. But the first one, Judas, what was in his mind? And I want to conclude with this. In Judas's mind, he must have been saying, no, you really can't be washing my feet. I am unacceptable to you. The hardest thing for Christians to accept is that they can be acceptable to a God who loves them. Jesus is kneeling before him. And he thinks, I am filthy. I have 30 pieces of silver in my pocket. I've met with the people twice. I've sold you and you're washing my feet. And Jesus says, I'm washing your feet. Not because of who you are and because of what you've done, but because of who I am. My salvation is for all men. And Jesus is kneeling before Judas, and Judas is having a hard time accepting that he's acceptable before God. My feet need washing too. Here they were, and not one thought that he should get the towel and get the basin and get the water and begin to wash the feet of his brothers because as far as they were concerned, they were not servants. They were not slaves. So what is Jesus trying to say to us today? If you are going to be a part of my kingdom, you have to be servants. He was the servant leader. He was leader, but he had no problem in stooping to wash their feet. What problems do you have in stooping before your brother or your sister? And so the ordinance of humility, unfortunately, we're living in the United States of America. We are arrogance and aggressiveness seem to rule the day. You go to Congress, you see how people behave, and anyone who, who attempts to show some humility is seen as weak. Well, if that's being weak, my God, Jesus said, in weakness you are made strong because Jesus was the strongest that evening as he knelt to wash feet. Peter said, Lord, wash every part of me. Not only when he got the message. He says, well, if that's the case, then wash, wash everything. And Jesus said, don't worry, just washing your feet is fine. You see, Peter 
as Peter always is, is thinking about a physical cleansing. But what Peter didn't understand is that sometimes you can be physically clean and spiritually dirty. So the washing Jesus has is not just to remove feet that smell, it's to remove a heart that is full of stench. It's corrupt, it's wicked, it's morally bankrupt. So the washing Jesus wants to do with us today is not feet and perfume water. It's the washing of the heart. And so when the angel is flying over in the Passover, he can see the blood on the doorpost of your heart. And so he passes over. My feet need washing too. The greatest problem for Christians is that they come to church with a big, long shovel. And so whatever is said, they just shovel it over to the next person. When God says, come with your rake and rake it into yourself. Because we are programmed to think when we hear, my feet need washing too. I know, some, I, I know someone who's messing up. That person needs his feet washed, not mine. God says, my feet need washing too. Now the story tells us, or concludes rather, without telling us if Jesus had his feet washed. Did you recognize that? He was the only one with a towel and he did the washing. Well, to me that is important because there was nothing dirty about Jesus. And I'm glad that I serve a God who is clean as a whistle. That's why the night they had to have a lamb without spot or blemish. And have that lamb's blood on the doorpost. I'm happy today, Mr. Pianist, I'm happy today that the lamb that shed his blood for us is without spot and blemish. So as we separate for this order of service of humility, let's not just be humility in name. We must present ourselves as humble before the king of kings. And recognize that Judas could not accept that he was acceptable. But Ellen White says that Jesus washed the feet of Judas with the same compassion that he washed the feet of the other 11. He made no distinction. He said, Judas... My love and compassion and care for you is no different from the love and care and compassion I have for others. We may think of godly people who need no washing, but God says, all have sinned and come short of God's glory. And so, my feet need washing too. Let Jesus wash your feet.